0: Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results.
1: Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. I'm your host, Stone Payton, and in the studio with me this morning, as is often the case, my good buddy and co-host, Lee Cantor. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Stone. haven't done a Learning Insights in a while. I'm excited. I am too. This is going to be a lot of fun. We have back in the studio with us from our good friends at Training Pros, Miss Leigh Langford. Good morning, Sunshine.
2: Good morning, guys. Nice to be back here. So what's going on in your world, in the world of learning? Well, I mean, we're real busy. You know, the start of the year is always filled with lots of projects getting started, which means they got to call us for, you know, expert training professionals to help them out. So we have that going on. Um, we... Since we last talked, we have a webinar series we do every month. And so our webinar coming up in February, on February 24th, is called Easy Learning That Works, Taking It from the Classroom to the Learner. And we're just basically, it's, it's a webinar on how to take long classroom learning into short chunks that are accessible for the learner.
1: Long to short. That ought to be easy to sell.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> we, we all have our short attention spans these days. So, So what does short mean? Really short, like few, a couple minutes. Minutes? yeah. Seconds? Soon will be seconds, Like right? five minute it'll chunks, be,
3: that kind of thing. It'll be like vines soon.
2: <laughs> exactly. It'll just be flashes in front of our eyes, you know, like maybe the matrix. Like, yeah,
3: like uh, <laughs> clockwork orange. <horn. laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what's going on with us. We just recently had our annual meeting of relationship managers. How'd that go? It was great. We were just sharing best practices on how to better serve our consultants where'd, and our clients. where did you have that? We had an in
3: Buckhead. In a fancy resort in Buckhead? In a fancy resort.
2: (laughs) In the W.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think I saw on the Business Radio X calendar that we're going to kind of start our little roadshow thing again with training pros. I don't know what else is on the calendar, but uh, I think I saw Boston in May, Lee, and I made a point of making sure it was you and I that were booked for that, because Boston in May is just gorgeous. So that's We wouldn't have done February. Do you need help?
2: (laughs) Do you need help? Can I go? Yeah, that would be
1: fun. We love the road trips. So this is going to be a fun, uh, a fun segment, and one of the questions I'm going to have with this uh, gentleman is the, the impact on, on, uh, on learning delivery when you have to deliver it in such small chunks like you're talking about. So that'll be one of the things we'll see if he can uh, address. So please join me in welcoming to the broadcast training delivery manager for Manhattan Associates. Mr. Perry Benson. Welcome to the show, man.
0: Hi there. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good well, to be here.
1: We are delighted to have you, Manhattan Associates. Right. For those of us uh, with with any experience at all in the learning and development arena, and those of us married to people with people <laughs> <laughs> with experience in learning, we've we've heard of Manhattan Associates. I mean, a reputation pr- uh, prestigious. And tell us anyway, what does Manhattan Associates, uh, what are they out there doing for folks? And, and maybe a little bit about your role specifically?
0: Right. So Manhattan Associates is one of the leading providers of supply uh, supply chain solutions. Uh, We provide the technology behind what helps all of our clients get their items from their distribution centers, into the stores, from the stores to the customers. What I do is I lead the team of uh, instructional designers and trainers who deliver training to our customers who purchase our products and services and need some training. Uh, and as well, we also are very, very uh, dedicated to delivering training to our internal associates as well, making sure that they're up to speed on the latest technologies. And you're on
1: both of those? You're serving both of those? That's right. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, we do a lot of, uh, we, you know, we have a lot of different hats that we wear throughout <laughs> the day. And, uh, it's
1: like watching a ping pong match,
0: Yeah. It it is. It's it's back and forth tennis match. It's pretty good. It's a good mix. Now,
3: Manhattan Associates, that's not just a United States company, right? I mean, you're here in the United States, but you do work all over the world, right?
0: We do. We have offices in 10 countries. Yes.
3: Now, can you share some of the challenges of doing training in that kind of a global... Situation.
0: Well, there are there are challenges. There are benefits. Uh, whenever we're really looking at how we're growing and and and, and we're putting things together, we, we always are thinking about how do we create something that's scalable, something that's sustainable, something that's reproducible, and by all means, cost effective. So there's a lot of different parts and pieces of that that we look into, and it, it really comes down to um, a change, an exercise in change management, if you will. So talking about outlining. Um, your organizational strategy, topics like you know what will be the organizational um, impact be, you know, how to facilitate user adoption, how to keep the new processes once you get this thing going. You know, there's a lot of different steps that we have to consider as we're as we grow because training is already happening. So even though it's a global organization, and we're we're beginning to harness the different regions and and bringing them all in together into one one large organization. They're out there, they're doing training, but how do you really, how do you really get the best uh, benefit, the best cost effective, best reproducible benefit for the customers and, and for your, uh, and for the company.
3: But how also do you leverage the fact that there might be a best practice happening in another country in a different language and then kind of return the learning back to the organization as a whole?
0: It's really knowing your audience. So I think that the, the one of the things that I learned a long time ago was, you have to know who you're working with. So getting out there, having the opportunity to meet, uh, go to the region, have the conversation with the, the the learning professionals, it really it really provides a benefit back to you. You bring this into the overall um, the plans for what you're what you're what you're implementing. So do people at just about
1: any latitude freak when faced with change? Oh, <laughs> that's not unique to the U.S.,
0: right? Well, you're right. So, I mean, anytime someone hears that we're going to do something differently, well, what's wrong with what we're already doing? <laughs> and that's the that's the thing. We that's get, how we
1: got here. That's how right?
0: we got here, right? And you know, it, it's it's a it's a it's a matter of going in and being able to look at how to facilitate user adoption so that you put the right messaging in place, you get your stakeholders on board and, and really begin to look at where's the business going? What are the drivers to success? What do we need to really focus on to be able to take the business to the next level, to be able to develop that region, take what we know we are going to need or already do need, and then just be able to uh, take it to the next level. But but do it in a way that that really is... keeping in mind all the people engaged, that that, that they're not intimidated by it. Because we always have to think about, you start these things. Once you get it going, if you do it well, it has to continue. And how do you put in place the, um, I guess we want to refer to it more along the the consumer behavior. Like, how do we track all of that? So tracking accountability. Uh, How do we uh, put the visibility in place for all the different regional metrics and so forth for success?
3: Can you share maybe a success story that you had something roll out and it was effectively deployed globally?
0: I can. And and some of my experiences actually go uh, to other corporations and companies I've worked with because I've been all around the world uh, working with uh, different types of training organizations for the past 15 or so years. And uh, one of the Really huge successes we had um, years ago was uh, when I worked at Oracle Corporation. I was uh, working with the Oracle Academy, and we had uh, we were working in thirty-eight different countries. We had training that was occurring regionally in 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 many many different locations, and being able to roll out a global program that was. Planned systematically so that we were able to deliver the same type of training not only in maybe Romania or in Singapore or China, but also in the United States, so that it was a real consistency there. And, and we were able to do that. I mean, it took a it, it took a little bit of growing pains because again, training happens in different regions, and it may be different in different regions just because of the need to 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 deliver the training to the learner, but. Going back and, and looking for all the opportunities to um, make sure that the there's consistency in the curriculum, uh, that was a big challenge, and it was something we were able to roll out. And, um, you know, to this day, it's still, still a program that's very strong.
3: And how do you know you did a good job at the end? Well, you, you, the, 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 the
0: participation grew exponentially um, over the years. We we started out with a couple hundred participants from maybe six or seven different countries that we flew out to UCLA, and we had them out there for a couple of weeks, and we would put them through a very extensive training program, uh, and then we would test them at the end of that. We would give them an opportunity to become certified. That grew each year into, uh, by word of mouth, by uh, the fact that different regions were developing globally. It gave us the opportunity to... Um, to, to grow exp- uh, into thousands of people. And I think this past year, I just heard that the, the, I, I, the millionth person had been trained wow. within the organization. Man. So it, it, it just keeps growing and growing. So when you do something right... Um, it has the potential to be scalable, sustainable. And I'm kind of like that broken record. My friends always kind of laugh when I go into a meeting. It's got to be scalable. It's got to be sustainable. Well, it's got to be reproducible. Well, you've
3: seen it succeed at yeah. that level. Now you know it's possible, right? So we now know you're it's like, possible. why, why well,
0: can't
1: they all do that? And, right? and you got to start getting a cut of the gate, man. You're starting to hit some numbers where if you just get a little bit off of every student that comes in, right? No, oh, <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. So, yeah. uh, talk to us a little bit about the this this thing we talked about at the very top of the show when when we were visiting with Leanne. A- have you guys started to look at chunking out the 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 learning in smaller and smaller pieces?
0: Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a huge concern, and it, you know, especially when we look at how things are changing. Technology, the conversation we we're just having. You know, technology used to be a, a product would come out; it would be on the market for years without any real changes. Today, every two months, three months, we're having product updates, right? So we have to be prepared for all of that. And how do we do it? Well, we have to chunk the curriculum. We have to create little opportunities, create knowledge banks, make it available that, hey, I got my mobile phone, I got my device. How do I take the next 30 seconds and really get to the piece of information that I need to do my job? And that's really what we're looking at now at Manhattan Associates.
3: So when you do that, how do you attack that um, when you're kind of breaking it down to that little chunk? Like, do you have mm-hmm. to build it big and then kind of just kind of keep carving it up until it's smaller and smaller? You take
1: it to that kid in the back room eating <laughs> Cheetos and drinking Great <laughs> ah. Me at 2 a.m. in the morning. And you say, I want you to <laughs> right. take this and make videos and Vines and Snapchats yeah. No,
0: that's not how you do it. Not quite, not quite. <laughs> yeah, you, We could start big. We could start with the curriculum that we already have, that we deliver face-to-face instructor-led training, and we could pull from that bits and parts and pieces and reduce those you know, the need for all the trees that we kill when we print books and put them right. in the classroom and put it out there. But there's also other alternatives, you know, talk to your, um, customer service organization, you know, that's, they get calls constantly from, from customers. And, and what are the top 20 questions that take that proverbial 80% of your time to answer? Uh-huh. How can we go in there and help you out so that you can help the customer, more effectively answer questions that uh, you know really keep their business going, so that you can we can point them in a direction. Here, take a look at this.
3: Right. So you're maybe that's the prism you look <laughs> at things through. Is like where's the the eighty twenty rule on things?
0: It's a place to start. Yes, definitely. Yeah.
1: Well, I want to dive into that a little bit because I'm always curious to understand how an organization uh, attacks the flow of what they're learning and what, if anything, they're going to uh, create training around. So if if senior executives come to you with an idea for training, does that happen sometimes? You talked about going to customer service. Do you go to customers? There's a novel idea, right? Talk to us. I may not be using the right word, but this flow of how something goes from inception all the way through to actually delivering
0: it to the Right. So that's a great question. That's a fantastic question. Well, of course it is. It took me a little while to get it out.
1: (laughs) You got it. But
0: it was a good question, and and we're going to get even better answer. That was great. It could come from anywhere. It could come from my instructors. You know, they're in the classroom and they're seeing there's there's a gap in the class when customers are coming in there. They're asking things that are not in the curriculum. It could be from the research and design team. Um, Mm -hmm. Hey, we got a new product coming out. These are the gaps. These are the new features that we need to make sure that we're including. So our subject matter experts are another area. We were always interviewing them, making certain that we engage them and all of our conversations, so that hey, you know, we're not missing that one key critical step. So, it's it, 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 it's it's where the business may be going. It it could be it could be a whole host of things, but we try to blend that all into then what makes sense to focus on. Because you know, you could have a, a, a senior executive come to you and say, "Hey, I want I want training on how to build a treehouse." And it may not be that we need to be able to build that treehouse. And then it may she's be done, that we right? need a tree first. Right. She handed that off. Someone all had, had an
3: idea. I mean, yeah, done. They drop it, and then you can leave. And now it's and your it's, problem, and it's mine. And we and don't I'm, even need
0: a treehouse. No, <laughs> right? but we spend the next six weeks <laughs> right. trying to figure out how to develop the curriculum for it. So that never happens, though. Uh, well, no, never. never but
1: you never. do have to have a certain degree, I would think, in in your role, you have to have a a, a certain degree of, of of confidence that you can turn r- around and say. Well Susan or Mrs. Smith, you know, let's sit down and talk that through. tell me more about why you feel like we need a treehouse and what, what you hope to accomplish. Right? You you got to be you can't be job scared,
0: not in your not, role. not necessarily. And you have to, there's an art to it. So in fact actually we're we're just now developing a, training a short interning this, right? training <laughs> about the art of saying no and how to do ah. that. Uh, with executives and leaders and so forth. How do you position that? It could be, again, something that would be useful not only here in a a local setting, but globally as well. So now when you're doing
3: something globally, how important is it to kind of be immersed in the culture and and the learning style
0: of that um, country? It means everything. So many times we think that, well, that trip going over to France sounds too glamorous. You don't really need to go over there or that trip over to the office in Shanghai. If you're going there, you need to be focused on doing 15 different things other than your real reason for being there. Mm -hmm. That's natural because it's the cost effectiveness and being able to get the support to be able to do it. And it makes a lot of business sense on the surface or just not going, you know, just talk to them on the phone. What i found is no matter which country I was working in, um, and this is going back a number of years, maybe it was in Egypt or you know Manila, whatever the case is, you get an impression from the surface that people want you to see. It's not until you get there and actually talk to them face to face that, hey, you know, maybe this isn't culturally correct for our region, or maybe we're having some difficulty understanding how to attack this particular exercise or just even accomplishing the requirements for this local facility so it really it opens up the whole um the the whole the whole show and it gives you that that full picture so you can pull it together and and as a as a leader you begin to see how all of this fits into what the actual big picture is that's, that's the only way you're really going to get the big picture is if you if you see it
3: And it's not like cookie cutter from up high in the ivory tower that we thought of this and then we're deploying it by actually going there, boots on the ground, having conversations with the real people that are having to, you're getting kind of the truth as opposed to they might say, yeah, that'll work here, you know, and then... Nothing
0: beats a face to face because right. people will confide in you if they trust you right. and you set up the right relationship with them. And it, it really makes sense. And that a big pays off difference. because
3: you're going to get yeah. more effective training in the long run.
0: You got it. Because we're we're getting all the kinks, everything worked out of it. And uh, again, going back to that scalability, sustainability, how do you repeat something you know globally that has been established? You have to be able to make those decisions that it's acceptable in the UK office or the same in the Australia office. It'll, it's going to work.
3: And that probably improves the trust that opens
0: up the communication. I believe it does. Yeah. It, I believe it does at all levels.
1: So do you have a favorite country or a favorite part of the world that you just really enjoy that you find just particularly interesting that maybe those of us who are not quite as well traveled, we might not even recognize that that's the way things are over there. Right.
0: It's, it's interesting. I, I have had the good fortune that my job is taking me all around the world. And and uh, with that, it's really hard to say which is my favorite country, but I think I would go, you know, if I had to put my, my finger on it, probably going to Cairo, to Egypt, all the history there, going to the pyramids. I told them I would I would go there if they would arrange, a you know, a ride on the camel. So I did the whole Lawrence <laughs> of Olivier thing, you know, <laughs> riding around the camp, on the camel around the pyramids. So, uh, you know, but it, it, that was one of my favorite uh, memories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you can envision that. <laughs> You
1: know. <laughs> so I want to talk more about this change. This change management thing. Just yesterday, we launched a series on change leader leadership, yes. uh, and I had forgotten uh, Lee. I mean, it's it's it can be like getting an MBA sitting in this chair. Right. Uh, and these we had like the CEO of the Atlanta Hawks. We had a very yeah. uh, well credentialed, well respected executive recruiter, and we had an ex VP of like Georgia Pacific and Medtronic that hosting the whole thing, and it just helped me begin to realize. How, how high the stakes are and how many different ways you can really screw up change was <laughs> one of the things that I walked away. Can you just speak more to this whole change management thing? Because it really matters, doesn't it?
0: Well, it, it really does. And it's one of the areas that I, it gets overlooked a lot of times. Uh, I think we, we jump into a project and say, hey, you know, we're going to put A, B, and C together and everybody's just going to do it. It comes from the top down. The CEO says, "Hey, we're going to make this happen. It's going to be done by Q3." You really got to take a step back. You've got to take a look at the, the the organizational strategy. It really has to be mapped out. You have to have in place the the key players. Who are your stakeholders? Who are these people that are actually they got some skin in the game? These are the people that really. Um, it could be your CEO. It could be your CIO. Whoever this person is, it could be your learning person. Um. But what's the organizational impact? You know what what are the what does this st- structure going to look like? What types of role planning do I need to take into consideration? Um, and then yeah, the facilitation of the adoption piece of it. So there's a whole process, there's a whole, there's a whole group here that's going to be helping you with messaging, how to change agents, the, the communication that you have to get out there. I mean, I can just keep going down through it. There's, there's, a, you know, how to keep the processes strong. I just mentioned a minute ago when you roll out something like this globally, you've got to be able to have in place all of the continuing metrics for success. How do you measure that success? How are you, um, the visibility? So, for example, people in, um, Let's say they're in uh, Tallinn, Estonia. They can see how well they're they're uh, quote unquote competing with people who are in Australia. Uh, how how are they regionally signing up for training? How are they engaging in training? How are their how are their survey results? How how just just what what's going on with the business there? And all of, of that
1: that kind of measurement uh, very much more technology enabled this yeah. day and age than it used to be. And the other side of that is now you get the real truth. It's harder to spin the numbers. Yeah, Sleepless <laughs> right?
0: nights. Yeah. You have to, it, it's out there, it's visible, then you have to address it. So by keeping your, your finger on the pulse, you're, you're, you're really keeping things balanced, making changes operationally so that, you know, you <clears> just don't have that, um, that, that thing pop up that creeps up on you that says, whoa, this is not working. And it, then, because once the momentum's lost, it's done. Getting it back again, you may as well forget it, all that time, all that effort engaged in that change process has to be properly addressed, properly set up. It has to be properly implemented, but then the most important piece after that, which again, uh, many times is forgotten, is that you've got to um, go into the consumer behavior and and, and keeping it moving, keeping it going, keeping it alive um, indefinitely. So do you ever find yourself
1: scaling back maybe the original vision of a specific project or set of initiatives in light of what you learn about the constituencies that you're working with? And so, yeah, we, we might not be able to do a two-story tree house, but you know, maybe if we did the platform here, people will adopt that. Let's, let's get that victory. And then do you ever find yourself kind of doing that?
0: Sure. You have to think about how you're going to roll this thing out. Are you going to do it all at once? Are you going to try to just force this, uh, use the word force with loving uh, you know, measure? <laughs> in, in the nicest but, way. But in the nicest way, but it might be better to roll it out in, in waves. So you're, you're rolling out a phase, you know, training is already happening. Things are already occurring, but what's the next wave? What's the next phase and how do you control that? How do you, how do you make sure that, that, that you're not overwhelming the whole concept? And, and, and again, losing that potential to, to uh, really make a big impact. Yeah,
1: so um, I get the idea that particularly in large organizations, and I mean all of our listeners know I haven't had a real job since 1987, <laughs> and I was one of 12 people there. Uh, but my wife works for like a, a, a real company. Uh, but but I get the sense that some people in those companies—I actually think my wife is one of them—have become better at learning at that company. Like like Holly, I think, really knows how to take advantage of the learning opportunities within, within her company. Um, and I suspect that there are people who are better at it than others within your company and the companies you serve. I'm wondering if you have any words of wisdom for people in these companies. What can, what can I do to be positioned to, to be a better learner and fully capitalize on, uh, on, all, on all these opportunities?
0: Well, you, that's true. Being informed, having a, a, the right type of LMS and learning management system in place to be able to inform the learners that the materials out there—that's helped a lot. Being able to feature training uh, internally for our customers as well as for our associates is a big factor. Making certain that hey, we know that this is out there. So there are, today. There's a lot of things that uh, a lot of opportunities that are available to help people get, you know, the training that they need when they need it. Um, but you got to take some personal accountability for it, right? right. You, can't, well, you it do. can't
1: all be your manager's responsibility to say, okay, Stone, it's time for you to take course 304 and if you're serious about, you know, moving up or even laterally over here, you got to do that. I mean, the, I got to take some responsibility and, and, well, you do. Right, and map that out.
0: Well, you do, and it, it's a lot of your goal planning, and it goes back to that. So we, we've been spending a lot of time thinking of ways to position training so that it does become part of the person's goals. Each each individual has a certain number of training hours per year that we would like for them to participate in, and it's their responsibility to take ownership for their personal plan for learning along with their manager so that the accountability falls in place up the, up the chain, uh, according to each of the regions and according to the roles and responsibilities with, uh, and I should say expectations for, uh, each of the organizations within the company.
3: Now, is there any technology that you can lean on or the end user can lean on that kind of nudges and reminds them that these things, you know, oh, cause yes. you get busy and you forget and you know, it's important. It seemed important that day that you told me, but then I have work to do and
0: you know. Well, sure. That's that's uh, part of our learning management strategy. So uh, what we do is we have uh, reminders that are out there. They're set up and, hey, uh, Bob, you haven't had your training yet. You're 15 days past your due date, uh, and then there's and an escalation. We're going to have process. to lock
3: you out of your system. <laughs> yeah, no you. more Cheetos
0: for you. Um, <laughs> um, um, so those types of things happen, mm-hmm. and it, it's an escalation process. And you can design all of that. It's it's very easy to have it in place to to you know remind your managers. So you know when they they start knowing that uh, you're missing out on things, sometimes that is a real good indicator mm-hmm. that it's time to take that 30 minutes mm-hmm. and take that uh, short uh, chunk of training. Yeah. So
1: do you have a project and or trip that you're excited about that you're allowed to talk about com- coming up anytime soon? I don't have any trips,
0: you know, planned anytime soon that are exciting to talk about. Um, we just have a lot of ongoing projects. It's just a continuing Uh, Process that we have for developing the best experience possible for our our customers. We're constantly looking for the best instructional design that we can put together, whether it's going into uh, increasing our instructor led online training or uh, continuing our classroom training, it's our e learning. Uh, gamification, creating games, making it more exciting so that people want to be engaged. Oh, see, you know, Lee loves to hear yeah, that. So he, he likes the gamification. The, so anything device-related like that. So we're looking at all those types of opportunities, and we're continuing to develop those and really um, doing our best to uh, just create a world-class organization. Uh, now, uh, the well, because possible.
3: the technology changes so rapidly and there's so mm. many new th- gadgets and gizmos and techniques <laughs> being developed, it seems like, almost on a daily basis... Do you have like kind of a pilot program where you go and play in a sandbox to kind of see, okay, this is good or this isn't good, or maybe we should put, spend more energy in this area? and
0: Well, we do. Yeah. We, everything that we create, we go through an arduous process with uh, working with uh, subject matter experts. Uh, we interview them with my uh, instructional design team. The, everyone interacts, figures out what the best approach is. We use, you know, all the standards for good learning and, and, and planning. And, and, and then we go through it and we do, we, we we test it out, we check it out, we put it in the, in the sandbox. We have our friends and family, everybody try it out, see, you know, if it makes sense and if, if it works, then, then it's something that we'll publish and roll out. Otherwise, you know, then we're back, back to, uh, back to the starting gate.
3: And so you believe this trend, this is a real
0: trend about chunking things out and making shorter. Oh, it's huge. So that's like the word that we kind of joke around the office. We were always chunking things, that, that word chunk, but it's a piece. It's a small segment of something that's manageable. Um, it may be a 30-second to a three-minute type of learning piece, a learning chunk, if you will, that's something that is accessible, easily accessible inside, outside the firewall. It could be on a phone. It could be an iPad. It could be something, you know, that you can get to from your desk, whatever the case may be. But is
3: is that driven by the millennials?
0: A lot of the times it is, you know, it's a very interesting concept, the whole millennial movement, you know, everybody coming to us, we have a very, very young, very smart workforce at Manhattan Associates. We're very proud of it. Um, amazing, amazing uh, teams that we get in there uh, of young people from from our, our college recruitment program. And we are looking for ways to engage them. They don't have a physical workspace in many cases. They're out on the road we have to come up with other options than that stack of books that they would have previously put in their in, on their desk or, you know, we really don't want to, you know, tax them with carrying that on their backpack out to the client site. But so we're looking for those opportunities all the time.
1: So you touched on one of my bruises just a moment ago, and I'm going <laughs> to take advantage of the fact that you're in studio to get some real counsel here. And it has to do with drawing information out of smart, competent, accomplished people, SMEs, the subject matter experts, uh, for example, right now we're in here, we're asking you a few questions and you are just pouring forth with some really content rich stuff. This has been easy, but I got to tell you, like in our own little system, we have other people operating studios, right? And across the network. And I think we're still challengedly, we, we want to draw out what they know, then we want to you know, polish it up, bottle it, and then hand it to someone who's maybe struggling um, I don't know, observations, tips on working with SMEs and getting the best out of them and, and, and leveraging that?
0: That's a great, great question. And it's one that actually came up just this past week. Once again, we're always looking for rewards and recognition. Uh, it's amazing how far a little bit of recognition will go. We have an internal Yammer network, if you will. It's like our, our little internal Facebook. Whenever someone does something nice for us, we tell the world how well they did. Uh, we reward people. We have a lot of trainers that come in that are uh, subject matter experts that help us out from time to time and little gifts and things like that go a long way. So we're always looking for opportunities to recognize them. We also are able to recognize them in within our, um, with, within our um, uh, HR process. So for y- annual reviews and so forth, those types of uh, kudos we can put those in there and, and that will also help determine their 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 review with their manager you
3: and know. the reward doesn't have to be a million dollars right not at
0: all <laughs> what, what... no and these are not million dollar rewards these are like maybe a coffee mug or an umbrella or something we you know we a card that even says what when, when you know i hand write a card i sign it my leader signs it We 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 give that to them just a recognition because uh, people, people. want to be appreciated. They do, mm-hmm. and they and, and they want to share what they know. I, we find that all the time. So we're working on that platform right now to give them that opportunity to you know, a forum where they have a template to be able to you know to, to spit out that information. We can capture it. We can harvest that. We can edit it into our need. Put it out there so that the world can use it.
1: Well, may we all be blessed with the caliber (laughs) of subject matter experts that Training Pros and Leanne Langford brings in the studio. This has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for hanging out
0: with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, we'll do it again sometime. I'd love to. I'd love to. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor, our friends at Training Pros, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Learning Insights.